Have you made up your mind, my lord? It has been a nightmare. I have been haunted by an evil spirit. No more of this. Why not? It is not beyond your reach. Every samurai longs to be the master of a castle. No. I am satisfied with my lot. I want to live in peace. There can be no peace. Shimas! Welcome to the Scottish film! Welcome! Po- Welcome! A podcast that is not about Scottish films. Very much not so this week. <laughs> yes, not, not at all. It's like the opposite of a Scottish film. <laughs> it's the mirror opposite. I am Paul Salt. And I am Katie Maiden. And this week we go over the we go over the other pond, Eurasia, in order to review Akira Kurosawa's Kuminosu Joe, or Spiderweb Castle, or if you must. Throne of Blood. Yay. So before we get to discussing the film at all, I guess the most obvious question is Kurosawa Wasuki Deska? Do you like Akira yes. Kurosawa? <laughs> <laughs> um, do I like Akira Kurosawa? Yeah. I mean, stupid question, isn't it? <laughs> Not only have we watched Kurosawa together at the cinema. A few times, yeah. On multiple occasions. Seven Samurai, Sanjiro, and um, Ikaru, if yes. I remember correctly. Yeah. Yes, we have. But um, obviously my boyfriend um, <laughs> is obsessed with Akira Kurosawa. Um, some of his favourite films. Nice. Ikaru especially. Yeah. I'll buy him, and mm. yeah, I I love, I love him. So yeah. also, um, I think my favorite ones that I've seen so far is Hidden Ooh. Fortress. Oh, Hidden Fortress is masterful. Yeah, what a really wonderful film, and it's it's interesting to note some of the distinctions between Hidden Fortress and this, such as the role of um, Toshio Mifune, and specifically yeah. in terms of Kurosawa's fondness for side characters and like regular people. Because they do yeah. crop up a few times in this, um, in a very Shakespearean way of just, we'll cut to some random soldiers talking about, well, it's sure crazy what's going on, isn't it? Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> and he but loves let, that. But let's, uh, let's get mm. into it. Yeah. So, his hour upon the stage. Irrespective of it being an adaptation of Macbeth, how did you find the film? Um, I loved it. Of course mm. I loved it. Um, yeah. It was a very Akira Kurosawa. Yeah. Um, but also, on top of that, it was atmospheric mm, it very. was obviously beautifully acted oh man um it was the, the the kind of sounds were amazing the effects were amazing considering like this is like what is this still 50s are we still in the 50s yep 1954 i want to say yes Let's i usually check. say that at the beginning don't i um yeah it was made <laughs> uh 1957 excuse me 57 late 50s 1957 so yeah mm. considering we're still in the 50s these are like the the effects of like the mist yeah it's very misty mm. um it is worth saying briefly that the reason it's 1957 kurosawa had actually intended on making it earlier but delayed it when he heard that um orson wells was making his macbeth you know what it's really interesting because mm. the first thing that i i wrote down was there's the smoky hills right at the mm. beginning yeah. And it's so Orson Welles. Yeah, like, they're similar. You could put them side by side yep. and not know whose was whose. That's true. There's a very sim- similar cinematography, which I think will only be portrayed as it goes on by the significantly higher production um, money that they had in uh, Throne of Blood. Because 
my god, the sets they they built Cobweb Castle for this, and it's just this huge set that just looks really authentic. And it's, uh, yeah, we something. might might be worth just quickly mentioning, mm. like um, the kind of breakdown of like what we're talking about here when mm. we say Cobweb Castle is obviously oh like, yes. The Duncan's castle, or yes. in fact, Scotland, yeah. basically. It's the main castle, uh, yeah. which um, he eventually wins and uh, gets to occupy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a super stark, very fierce kind of film. It might be Kurosawa's darkest. Mm, you know, it, it starts with this really dramatic kind of, you know, and a really shrill uh, Sukuhachi, um, sorry, Shakuhachi flute, which is yeah. used a really eerie effect. And this ominous drumming kind of sound. It's very funereal. And then we, we go over windswept hills, over a desolate landscape, and there we just find ruins and graves. And that's also the final image. So it's sort of bookended by this just quiet, deathly yeah. scene. It's really grim. At the beginning, <laughs> there's a kind of like chanting. Yeah. Um, where they say, like, you know, this is the story of spider's web castle and mm. this is where it this is where it stood so you kind of uh. thinking that that it looks back and i actually watched it with my boyfriend who mm. um has obviously he had it like he's yeah. seen it before and um he he was kind of asking me along the way like is that in macbeth is that in the macbeth oh, right. kind of thing <laughs> um you know obviously the bit at the beginning where they look back yeah that's not that's not in macbeth it's not like his story like like yes, in Romeo and Juliet where there's yeah. there's a prelude where they say this is the story kind of yeah thing. so here it's very much um posthumous which adds a sort of fierce inevitability to the whole thing you know the castle is going to fall into ruin here is where it stood and this is how it got like this yeah exactly so that's yeah. Awesome. I was expecting like big battle scenes because yes. of Sakura Kurosawa. Mm. Um, and I didn't really. There was there was some fighting, and there's a lot of like stabbing. Yes, like stabbing in... with the samurai swords, which they were <laughs> like, not really made for. Like that's his answer for like everything. It's just like <laughs> to stab. Um, and there's obviously a lot of like. Like the banquet is like a yeah. Japanese banquet, but mm. I didn't get like a big Akira Kurosawa battle scene. No, well, I mean, a lot of his sequences, if you watch stuff like Ran and Kajimusha, uh, Kagamusha, sorry, later on, he has these things where he likes to mobilize massive armies and have them sort of run about the place and run over hills and such. But in terms of actual colliding forces and, you know, slicing and stabbing and such, you don't get that much. And he's more likely to have a large number of opponents versus a single, you know, hero like he does in um, uh, Yojimbo and Seven Samurai. Um, And there's a bit of that when they all shoot him with arrows at the end, which is one of the most dramatic shots, you know, in cinematic history, just when you've got our hero. His final moments is that his army sort of turn on him and start shooting arrows at him. And Toshi Mifune is... um, Macbeth, essentially, but his character name is... Um, Washizu. Washizu. Yeah. Washizu, yeah. And, yeah, it's just incredibly dramatic. These arrows just fudding in all around him. It just looks dangerous. Which it yeah. was. It totally was. They did it by shooting arrows at Dr. Imutfane. Which, um, back then, you could just do. <laughs> and uh, I swear that they used every single horse in the whole of japan <laughs> in this movie oh my god was it a shot in japan yeah near mount fuji in fact they actually built the castles there because like, at the beginning i was like where is this and that was like 
Japan. I don't know. <laughs> um, because like because it looks so like the Orson Welles one, those yeah. misty scenes at the beginning of oh, the hills. Yeah. I was like, are we urgent in Scotland? I don't know. <laughs> it's very wintry. Um, uh, Kurosawa is also influenced by no theatre, a sort of minimalist um, Japanese theatre tradition that involves masks and... Um, a, very, a big emphasis on physical performance and there are some sequences where you really get a sense of that the sort of the physicality of the performers in particular lady macbeth i think um who is actually i have her name too oh me too asaji uh, asaji yeah yeah um who's great but we'll get to her yeah and and mm. uh I know I talk about this in like every single one, but the mm. costumes, oh my God, the costumes oh, in yeah. this, the masks the and, and the armor and the samurai mm. armor and um, the Lady Macbeth character, her like, what's it called? Oh, uh, kimono? Kimono, yeah, yeah. kimono. And um, also, okay, the guy who's like the Duncan character. Yes, Lord who, Suzuki. Look, his hat. <laughs> his oh, big crest. God. His yeah. big moon hat. It's like it's basically a hat with like a crescent moon mm. stuck on it. Yeah. Like if I was in year four and, mm. and I was like, okay, class, um, today <laughs> we're going to all be, you know, different parts of the universe and we're going to yeah. make hats with like what we are on them. <laughs> Someone can make this like crescent moon hat. It's yeah. like that. And I noticed that um, the hat transfers to... Um, Osaji, the Macbeth character, when he becomes yeah. the king, but I he think never it's wears a it. Royal. Oh right. He never wears it, and yeah. they, he has like a guy who's like constantly holding this like fabulous crescent moon hat, like oh. holding it out to him, and he doesn't like ever. I wonder what the moon signifies in Japan because there is also a very noticeable shot of a crescent moon in the sky the night that it all goes wrong for um for Macbeth. So that's that's interesting. I wonder. Yeah, so maybe he fears it. Also, he does yeah. have like that um like up up ponytail thing mm, yes kind of like a man like a traditional japanese man bun mm. um so there's no way he put that hat on <laughs> you can't be can't be you gotta be showing that off if you've got it there's also you say about the crescent moon um yeah. there's also a lot of bird imagery as yes. well which we got in uh not not the chicago one but the oh, one what, before john Macbeth. we did get a lot of did seagulls we? yeah when he killed mm. um duncan which is interesting here the birds are very menacing yeah. They're omens as well. They keep uh, sort of cawing in a ominous way, as one of the characters points out. And then, you know, a really dramatic scene. They kind of attack the castle. Suddenly the castle gets filled with birds just before the climax. I know. I was like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> For listeners out there who don't know, I have a crippling fear of birds. And I was like, tell me when they're gone. And Matt was like, they're gone. And I looked and they weren't gone. Oh, no. So, you know, <laughs> and that was the last straw. A <laughs> um, couple of other notes before we move on to um, Fowler's Fair. Kurosawa's use of weather is always amazing. Uh, the wind, the rain, the mist, and the light that he has, oh, and the lightning. Oh my god, yes, the thunder and the lightning and the yeah. rain. how did he shoot this did he just wait mm. until there was a bigger storm <laughs> or did, is this like effects i think it's effects i think it's big fans big rain machines i think yeah he yeah he... i wasn't being serious when i said did he wait <laughs> yeah. for a bigger storm? did he do a native japanese dance and summon these awesome effects that is the question um 
uh, dramatic camera work, camera characters running towards camera, which sort of moves as quickly away from them, uh, chasing our characters around, things like that. Moments of just tension and atmosphere, where characters will just slowly approach a castle, and it's all just about what's going to happen. Mm. Um, but mixed with the the really fast paced, like yeah. the way that the, the Japanese language mm. is so fast paced, mm. and when there's characters like Staccato. relaying information, mm. and he's like, and this has just happened, and this has just happened, and this has just happened, is yeah. really fast. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the Japanese language sort of pairing of um, consonants and vowels in quick succession has this staccato quality, which really lends itself to um, the dr- the dramatics that we see here. Um, one shot I'd like to highlight is when Macbeth suddenly decides that he is going to kill Banquo, so to speak, um, Mickey, as he is in this film. Uh, we cut straight from his d- deciding that to Mickey's horse bucking around the castle, apparently in fear. And it's simultaneously a kind of analogue for, um, you know, a, a Banquo, who should be as afraid of this horses because of the terrible things that are going to happen to him, but also for Macbeth just being this wild beast now who's just out of control of his own paranoia. That was a great shot. Wow, there were so many great shots. Mm. But my favourite shot uh-huh. was when Lady Macbeth um, goes into another room to mm. pick up the kind of sleeping draft um oh, sake. Yes. yes and she goes into this dark doorway and she mm. just fades into yeah. darkness and then fades back out like and too it, quickly oh my god to be natural so yeah. amazing shot i was like transfixed by her for the whole thing but we'll really talk about spooky. her <laughs> well let's get on to fair is foul and foul is fair how close are we to shakespeare well i don't know if you noticed paul mm. It's very subtle, but um, this film is in Japanese. <laughs> it's entirely in Japanese, and there's no attempts to like replicate any dialogue. Really, I couldn't <laughs> no. see anything even similar to it. So, however, yeah, very close in terms of plot. Plot, yes, the yeah. plot is the same. So we yeah. have the Macbeth character, which is Washizu. You can yep. probably do better pronunciation than me. <laughs> we have the Banquo character, Mickey. Yep. Mickey. We have the Lady Macbeth character, Asagi. Yep. The, the Duncan character, Lord, what's his name? Suzaki. Or so I think. I think it's actually Suzuki. The ah. problem is that the Wikipedia listing of actor, character, and Macbeth analogue, I think, reverses the two. Because there's a character listed here, Lord Suzuki Kuniharu. And then there's a Suzaki Kunimaru, which is ah. meant to be the um, Malcolm character. But Malcolm. Malcolm, Malcolm gets referred to in the film... As, as prince, he well, uh, most of the time is the prince. Yeah, Kunimaru, and then Macduff is Noriyasu. So yeah, a little uh, curious there. But we have those characters. We have a fleance, a young man who is um, Mickey's son, uh, who does in fact manage to get away. But I didn't notice him in the climax. But there's a reason for that that we'll come to. And yeah, yeah it, it's pretty much the same. We um we spend time establishing why Macbeth is so great and why his feet is so impressive at the beginning. Yeah, which, that's quite, yeah. It's quite, a, it's quite a long scene at the beginning. It is, it's, yeah. It's kind of talking about how he... Um, beat the odds. You know, he's beat the odds, he's like an underdog, and, yeah. and then all of a sudden, like, basically a messenger comes uh, and says, you know, oh, you know, we're being defeated, and then another yeah. messenger comes and says, actually, um, Washazi... Um, mm. the, the Macbeth character has, yeah. has actually defeated them with the help of the yeah. Banquo character. Mm. So, yeah, it's quite a longer establishing than yeah. 
any of the films we've seen so far and in fact the play yeah well this is usually yeah the play has the talk with um the sergeant who's wounded you know the bloody man who yep. basically just says oh it was terrible it was a terrible battle but Macbeth was amazing <laughs> oh it was terrible did you see it no you didn't see it <laughs> you didn't see it duncan well it was a mess but it that Macbeth guy <laughs> he was excellent so <laughs> That's that's what happens in the play, and here we do get a substantial sequence in which we realise that some of the, that the uh, fortresses which stand in for sort of glams and uh, corridor and such are numbered. Interestingly, there's yeah. fortress one, two, and three. Yeah. And there's also Northern Manor, which is no- essentially uh, corridor. Is it Manor? Northern Manor. Hang on. We must have had different versions. I was cut, watching... Cut this out, but obviously. <laughs> but I think it was Northern something else. I didn't okay. write it down. But I yeah, had, it might, it's probably the translation. Yeah, I think I was it watching... was Northern. It was a word that was like um, more... Oh, sorry. North Garrison. Garrison. How interesting. Which I do think is better than manor probably it it, <laughs> it more implies the military nature of the uh, the building i was yeah. watching the bfi blu-ray um uh, of the film well. so, yeah we're likely to have different subtitles but it sounds good <laughs> i was watching whatever matt has he has all of them <laughs> the matt version like a, yeah the matt versions with his own with his own translations <laughs> Um, um, we get some we get some work on Duncan Lord Suzuki who is established early on as being kind of merciless because yeah. we go from oh shit the battle's lost we're all screwed and it's like hey the enemy he's really upset now he's lost his battle and he's hoping that shaving his head might be enough for you to forgive him no never <laughs> have him killed and it's like wow okay you yeah were... <laughs> it's like dude okay he's kind um, of um, yeah talking about Duncan's is a bit weird mm. because we haven't like, we haven't had a Duncan yet that I've been like, that's how I imagine Duncan. Okay. The closest one that for me would be the Orson Welles one where he's that kind of religious figure. The holy man. Figure. Right. Yeah. And in the last two, we've had a kind of merciless, like... Yeah, kind of vicious mob, Duncan. Mob Lord Duncan. Well, this guy is like a Mob Lord Duncan because, interestingly, the motive, the main motive that they have for actually carrying out the prophecy... Oh, um, Macbeth and Banquo do encounter a, a witch, a singular witch in the forest, yes, and it's yes, incredibly scary, <laughs> as we shall talk about in that segment. But they do, and they get the prophecy, and he comes home, and Lady Macbeth's main argument is, what if Duncan finds out about this prophecy? Yes, so that's that was really interesting. That's yeah. a, di- a difference there. Mm. Is that Lady Macbeth says, but what if Mickey, the Banquo character, yep. tells the Duncan character? Yeah, yeah. And what if he tells, and then he comes to get you? So yeah. th- you know, it's better for you to like kill him. Yeah, absolutely. Than him kill you. And um, talking about differences as well. Yeah, uh, there are small differences. Mm. To the plot. Yeah. So the plot is similar, mm. but there are small differences. Like, Absolutely. For example, the sake. Like, they don't... Yep, poison sake. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they don't have... It was, it's like sleeping draft. Yeah, it's to put the guards to, to sleep. Well, yeah. yeah which I, it's, that, that is what Lady Macbeth gives to the guards, isn't it? In, um, she gives them I, a sleeping draft so that I she can... I don't think we've seen a film so far where they've actually done it, though. No. I think they're just asleep. Yeah, and Macbeth uh, in this one kills all three guards. Uh, no, the first guard and the other Just two one. are implied to yeah. die. Yeah. Um, and another difference, obviously, is he stabs him with a big, long spear. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at the end, there's a couple of differences with deaths. Yes. So, um, spoilers, but um, <laughs> Lady Macbeth 
is pregnant and she yes. has a stillborn child yes. and then kind of goes into this grief um, yeah yeah madness do we see her die stillbirth. we don't see her death no huh that's interesting i didn't think about that until just now i remember there was the madness scene no so there's no there's no death and we don't know huh. whether she's actually dead but there is a kind of line where it's like she's probably not gonna make it oh right because of like a bad childbirth yeah yeah absolutely yeah um, and also the death of the Macbeth character um as you say mm. was that fantastic scene where he is shot by his yeah. own his own his troops own betray him yeah. another really grim aspect of this whole thing mm. um uh, a few changes I noticed um first of all there's probably this is I wonder how this was translated for you because at the point where they have killed Duncan and um, they're discussing what to do about Mickey who is Banquo um, he says something like Mickey is my best friend yeah <laughs> that's, just that's what a... he said for us as yeah. well like <laughs> I like you're my best friend like he's in year five you and must you know stop when you had like my friends you had a best friend and you had like a second best friend oh no it yeah. sucks being second best friend i was so many second best friends um <laughs> you're my best friend oh you're in the top five um, <laughs> i am the top five you are the top five <laughs> Um, yeah, the distrust of Mickey is also sort of part of the paranoia. It's all about fear this time. It's about what's going to happen when these people turn on us, so we should do it first, mm. rather than ambition. But then, in the sequence where, um, that, well, a really interesting change is that Macbeth is actually going to bestow the castle and therefore the kingdom to Banquo's son. Because yes. he doesn't have any of his own heirs. So yes. screw it. Let him have it. We'll complete yeah. the prophecy that way. That way I get to stay king. And, you know, Banquo's kid can have the castle when I'm done with it. He's Cause... kind of taken the prophecy and been like, these are things that are definitely going to happen. I have yeah. no control over them. So I might as well yeah. go ahead and bestow the castle onto Banquo's mm. son because I know it's going to happen. And yeah. Whereas, and then that yes. Lady Macbeth says, I am with child. Yes. And... That's I think that's why the difference needed to be done because yeah. because Kurosawa took kind of that particular plot line yeah. and, and ran in a different direction with it. Well, it's an interesting point because in the original play, what does Macbeth hope for here? He does not have child. And we don't know how old he is, as we've established before. That is a changeable thing in various different versions. And so what is he hoping for here? To just hold on to the throne until he dies and then it just goes on to no one I, I i guess that he intends to have his own heirs later yeah i think that's the the idea yeah there's a that's line why. where in fact there's a line that indicates he's distressed at the fact that the witches have prophesied he won't have children he says something like a uh, uh, an impotent crown has been uh, a fruitless crown has been placed upon my head yeah you know. <laughs> so we've had so far um mm. relatively older lady macbeth yes so lady macbeth's that probably past the age of yeah childbearing and this one was a, a bit younger, not like super younger. Yeah. But yeah, so Still, this is the yeah. first one we've had that was probably within like childbearing age. Yeah, and her getting pregnant is a good motivation for them to then go on and try and kill um, Banquo. It also it's also a good lead up to her like madness. If you it had is. A, yeah. Good motivation there for both of them to suddenly go a bit madder after the reason that they have um, killed you know, his best friend, his BFF, the reason he's killed him and tried to kill the son is because of this child who now is dead. And so it's a good sort of further reason for them to go crazy. 
um, there's a really creepy scene where two uh, servants have to tidy up the scene where the last Lord of Cawdor, or Northern Manor, or Northern Garrison, died. And I can't remember if it's implied whether or not he died via seppuku, or if he was killed by sort of... I thought he was killed... He was killed. Yeah, I think outright. I think he was killed. That makes more sense, but it's really mm. sinister because then it's this room that just has these blood stains all over the wall and floors, and that's where Macbeth spends the time before the murder, the sort of is this a dagger I see before me moment, and it's where um Lady Macbeth spends her time whilst Macbeth is off doing the murder, and it's just this really ominous place where this is what happens to the last guy who tried to do this. Yeah. Um, mm. Is this a massive Japanese spear I see before me? <laughs> that was what he should have said. <laughs> it's Lady Macbeth who cries murder, which ought to be more suspicious than... Um, it's like, well, how did you know they were murdered? Yeah, exactly. It's, she's kind of like, crazy. she's like, there's been an, you know, there's an intruder or something. And it's like, it's been like five <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Like, just chill out for a little bit and then <laughs> go and find the dead boy. Yeah, or just wait for someone else to find him. I was like, oh, isn't it supposed to be Macduff? Yeah, who are outside. Malcolm and Macduff, no um, Donald Bain. I'll be very interested to see how many of these films actually include Donald Bain because he is pointless. Yeah, he's just, he really He's is. just the other son. He's there and he's he's just basically someone that Malcolm can go to and say, yeah, we should get out of here. Malcolm and Macduff, they flee the scene as soon as this happens because they're going to go warn Mickey. Uh, they're going to be like, hey, Mickey. But before they could do that... Um, they have this epic sequence of these of this army just trying to get away, all these horses fleeing out of the place only to be blocked off by Macbeth's men. It's really quite dramatic. Um, and when they get to Mickey's place and try to warn him about what Macbeth has done, Mickey won't hear it. Banquo won't hear it. He's like, no, you're, you know, you're lying. And they shoot arrows at them, driving them off, which makes his death way even more tragic. This idea yeah. that he just refused to believe the worst about about Macbeth. The interest, I noticed one one interesting thing, a difference, is that he says to all his troops, he's like, a witch told me that I'm yes. only going to be defeated when the forest moves. <laughs> ha ha ha. And laughs about it. And yeah. I was just like, that doesn't, like, why is he revealing this? Yeah, it's so that his own men can turn on him, I guess. But I'm not sure how reassured I would be. I don't think mm. Patton tried to do that. Of sort of, all right, listen up, men. I know you're scared of this battle, but I met this witch. And she said, <laughs> the forest advancing on Cobweb Castle, because he does go back and get the second prophecy, and the the forest moving is the least, it's not silly at all. Every other version of this almost always looks silly, but this was creepy as fuck. This was creepy, he, yeah, it was yeah. very creepy. It was very like, uh, I don't know how he did it, whether he did like the scenes with mm. the forest moving separate to the scenes where you actually see the men holding the trees. Yeah, um, But... It was it was like they were on like a conveyor belt. Like it was spooky. You. They're just shaking, and the, mm. the mist is covering the men who are holding the trees. So they're just kind of shaking towards and the screen. Also, uh, weird. Uh, another small point. Um, they mentioned that uh, the Duncan character's lady killed herself. Oh, that but is that, grim. Does Duncan have a wife? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Huh. I mean, there's no mention in Macbeth, and my guess huh. would be that because obviously Duncan has sons. Yes, of course. Maybe so she's she already dead. Must be already dead because he's quite old. Yeah. I think he um, is. Yes, to have sort of Macbeth fightable sons. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Um, are there any extra ghosts? No. Um, um, oh, um, well, in the vision. Oh, there are. Sorry, excuse me. Yes, first of yes. all, Mickey's ghost shows up at the banquet and is very spooky. And then, yes, are... when he 
When he goes and gets the second prophecy, yes. there are extra ghosts. Yeah. Yes, the ghost of the slain Mickey, I think. And a couple of other dead guys I didn't recognize. Yeah, I think just like generic dead samurai. <laughs> yeah, maybe previous challengers or previous <laughs> previous recipients of the of the prophecies. Maybe, yeah. Oh, God. But, yeah, some creepy <laughs> dead samurai. Yeah, we get some extra ghosts, but not the sort of literal, you know child holding a skull kind of deal of um, no no children holding skulls i wonder if we're gonna get that we shall see ross's poker face no equivalent no ross equivalent yeah no ross which is a shame yeah <laughs> always so our no poker part. face so there's no there is actually no bit where his family gets yeah killed no the, the death of banquo is kind of the big dramatic which is fair enough really there's no need for Macbeth to go and kill two sets of families in order to be considered evil. You know, the fact he tried to kill his best friend and his best friend's son is probably enough for everyone to be like, wow, this guy's gone too far. Mm-hmm. Um, my little quick side piece uh-huh. of the best hair has to go to <laughs> uh, the Macbeth man himself. What is his nice. name? The main I, guy? I keep... Yeah, it's it's Washizu. Washizu. No, not the name of the character. The guy who's the actor who is oh, in like Toshiro. every... Yeah, he's yeah in Tosh- every... Toshiro Mifune, the, the best. We're going to get to him, but yeah, he's... Oh, I love that guy. Um, no Porter speech. Shame. No. <laughs> no. No Porter in general. No Porter. Right, let's move on to our next segment. Trammel up the consequence. Did they actually show the murder? Surprisingly, no. Surprisingly, I was ready for some yeah. samurai stabbing. <laughs> and I didn't get... Well, I got lots of samurai stabbing, but no yeah. dunk. Not in this stabbing. one, no. He um he just goes off and we get that creepy sequence of Asagi and the bloodstain. Which is very no theatre. Her movements, her expression of sort of uh, encroaching madness. Yeah, that was very no. What bloody man is that? How was Macbeth? Toshio Mifune. Oh, he was great. He's great in every single Akira Kurosawa he's in. Which is like all of them. Yeah, and so often (laughs) different. He has this fierceness. He has a mouth that looks like a tiger's mouth. The, The way he can kind of draw it into a snarl is really quite impactful but sometimes he plays very stoic serious men like he did in the bad sleep well which was akira kurosawa's hamlet ah, uh, set maybe in we'll, day Japan. we'll once we finish macbeth and we've got <laughs> as a treat <laughs> as, a, as a treat a yeah. <laughs> no, tasty yeah, morsel so yeah he's amazing he just talks differently when he first shows up he just has a voice that is just dramatically different from everyone around him and it's just like oh yeah he's the main character <laughs> That's the protagonist right there. Or antagonist. Um, Yeah, his face. Oh, his face when he is given the Northern Mansion. Oh, I wrote that down too. (laughs) Just when he gets handed the sword and he's just like, oh shit. Like his, he he just zooms in on his amazing face and he's just... (laughs) I've never seen anyone shit their pants like <laughs> so much. He was like, the fucking witch was right. Yeah. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I wrote that down too. It was so good. His face in loads of the scenes though. Yeah. His his face for the whole thing is so like half terrified. Yeah. And half like, just like pure like anger. And, like, yeah. I don't know. It's his face is just brilliant. It's amazing. Uh, and similar to, um, I mean, the no theatre thing is usually delivered through masks, and there are no masks in this, but everybody's face is kind of painted into these big expressions, and mm. it, it really emphasises it. And yeah, I think uh, Toshio Mifune is very capable of acting through that makeup in a way that's really 
quite impactful. Yeah, he's he and his like his his body, his stance, yeah. the way he moves, the way that he reacts to to everyone. The way that he yeah. reacts to the ghost at the banquet. Yeah. Oh, man, that was, yeah, that was He's, amazing. He moves a bit like a, in that particular scene, a bit like a theatre actor, like really yeah, yeah. big movements. Yeah. But then on the flip stiff. side, his face tells everything. Yeah. So it's like he's got big movements, but also tiny movements. And <laughs> he's just brilliant. He's a brilliant yeah. actor. He really knows how to be cinematic. He knows to act cinematically, which is incredible. Yeah. I love the little moment, probably one of my favorite moments of his is when he is given the spear by Lady Macbeth and is about to go out, uh, go and do the murder and he just cracks a little, you know? It, there's no dialogue in that sequence, but it's essentially the, you know, death do all that become a man sequence. But yeah. he's given the spear and he just kind of goes, <laughs> just yeah. like briefly before he actually goes off to do it. It's really, it's, yeah, a, a great... There's a bit as well, uh, everything. right at the beginning where he... Um, mm him and the Banquo character are riding yeah. back and they're like, oh, I'm so mm. tired. And then they both <laughs> sit on the floor. They get off the horses yeah, yeah. and they sit on the floor. And I just thought that was so like, I don't know, <laughs> brilliant the way that mm. it was kind of so simple. Just be yeah. like, we've got nowhere to sit. We're just going to sit on the floor. They let it, their guard down. In this dirt. Mm. And yeah. it made their relationship really mm. like, they're not, they're not scared of each other. They really are like best friends. Yeah. And that <laughs> is was a big part of the movie yeah more than it is of the play <laughs> they have a great chemistry at the beginning they sort of chuckle together it's yeah he's um in seven the banquet character in seven samurai he's like the funny guy right Oh, is that who that is? That's yeah. um, mm-hmm. Minori Chiak. And you've got um, Akiru's in there as well somewhere. The guy yep, who plays and Akiru. he was in Rashomon as well. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Haihachi, that's right. Yeah, he's the one. Yeah, that's excellent. He's really good. Yes, one other thing I'll mention about that is... Oh, it's worth saying they don't have any soliloquies. So all of the yes. internal struggling moments are purely through kind of performance. Yes, they're all facial mm. or body. There's yeah. no like... There's no inside head soliloquies or outspoken yeah. soliloquies. It's all like facial. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and um, one last last thing is that his sigil appears to be a centipede, which is interesting. Like weird. you can see it on his yeah, you can see it on his flag that he like has. Oh with yeah, him. he does have yeah. that weird. He also has like at one point a weird like um <laughs> stick with like a just like a. Oh, is a it, fan is thing. Like at a the fan? End. Yeah, it's um, yeah, that's a Japanese sort of symbol of power. I've seen that in other things. Okay, the serpent under it. Rate that, Lady Macbeth, Isuzu Yamada as a Saji. Man, this Lady Macbeth, <laughs> favorite so far. She Ooh. is creepy as fuck. Yeah. She is manipulative. Yep. <laughs> She is scary. Yes. And she has this... So she's kind of like painted like a geisha. She's got the black yes. teeth and she's white-faced. Big Shaved eyebrow. Shaved and she eyebrows. does not move, like, at mm. all. She yeah. She sits perfectly still. Her face is perfectly still. Talks slowly. Talks slowly and just manipulates Macbeth. 
yeah. into believing that he has to kill Duncan and then yeah. that he has to kill Banquo. Yes, and I like that. I like that she's more involved as a character in the action as it goes on. It's not just she gets him to kill the king and then kind of leaves as Macbeth takes over as the main bad guy. She continues to manipulate him further into the plot. Mm. And she's mm. the one that mm. takes the bloody spear yep. to, the, to the guards and places mm-hmm. it. She's the one that quote-unquote finds the body. Uh-huh. She is brilliant in the banquet scene yep um yeah and then obviously she has this kind of pregnancy storyline and then she goes crazy also Mm. on top of the scene where she disappears into the blackness we have hand washing scenes yes i don't think we've had so far have we ah i'm not sure i can't remember it because i really really noticed it in this we had two hand washing scenes the first Mm. scene where she washes her hands after the murder and the second scene where it's like the out damn spot scene where she can't the sleepwalking scene yeah she can't get the the blood off her hands yeah i just love the way that they were really simple because the japanese style of like bedrooms is really simple anyway yeah yeah it's just like floorboards and mats yeah this is really simple because it was just like a bowl of water yeah absolutely loved it yeah it was really good and i liked the whole uh stillborn thing sort of driving her actions and her descent into madness and i think it's good that she's kind of absent from the story for a while before she goes fully mad where it's kind of implied that whilst you know um beth has been off getting his second prophecy and preparing for the war he she has been going more and more insane and that he hasn't been attentive enough to her uh, which is good. That brings us to Weirdest Sister. How spooky was that witch? So spooky. Probably the spookiest one yet, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> basically they they go through the woods and they kind of stumble Mm. upon this kind of um almost bamboo like cage there's a good build-up to it because they get lost first and they keep going in circles and there's a storm and rain and then they find and then they find the spooky witch and and the witch has Mm. like a loom yeah the the um, really creepy that she's spinning the witch is really androgynous it's like they have no gender yes it's it's just like they're a sort of weird spirit and there's no, it's not like it's a female witch or in fact a male like warlock. Yeah. It's just this kind of creepy, well, really I've, creepy yeah. spirit. I've seen that elsewhere because um, there's a whole thing in the ring about um, Samara in the original version that she, I think there's something about her having male genitals or something. I think huh. there's often some sort of gender bending that goes on in Japanese supernatural stuff. Yeah. Also, mm. When you first meet the witch is where it becomes obvious it's Macbeth. Because yeah. before that, you you do, wouldn't have known. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so it's a good... It's yeah. good to have that, like, really near the beginning. Because it's like, oh, hang on, I recognise these prophecies. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they're from Macbeth. So, <laughs> the yeah. scene, at the end of her appearance, she just suddenly stands up. And then the wind kicks up and blows off her cape. And as the cape goes past the camera, she's disappeared. And that gave me shivers. That was so spooky. It was so spooky. And the, then the second time, mm. she doesn't give the man born of woman prophecy. Yep. Which obviously I didn't realize until the end would be because Macbeth dies 
in a different way. He yes, isn't of course. Killed by Unless all of those bowmen were not born of women, that's going to be all a tricky sell. All of those sell. bowmen were born by cesarean <laughs> section. Oh, God. <laughs> and yeah, the fact that there's a big pile of bones out back of her place yeah. is also really creepy because it's like, what is that? Is that because, you know, if you know Macbeth, if you know Shakespeare, maybe that's where she's getting her ingredients, like the sailor's tongue and. Mm, you know things like that yeah or other men that she's led to her do to their doom Very so creepy. many bones so many um, dooms <laughs> so many dooms um he needs not our mistrust we do not get any inclination in fact surprisingly banquo's death is off screen yes no yeah. no banquo death no duncan death no banquo death yeah we get one assassin who reports assassin, to say that he's brought no the head assassin. which is grim yeah um, and then he's like don't show me it yeah, I'm don't like, show me I want to see the head. <laughs> show us the head. Show us that actor us like up to head. his neck in the floor. <laughs> Which is how you did the seven head effects back in the day. That brings us on to our final segment, A Charm Life. Kenny Shakespeare fact. My Shakespeare fact today, do you know what? I should have saved the birthday death day fact because today <laughs> is Shakespeare's birthday. Oh my God, as we record, the 23rd and of April. And his death day and my parents' oh. anniversary. So I should, have <laughs> saved, I should have said that fact, but I didn't know we'd be recording today. <laughs> so I've already used that one. So my fact today is that Shakespeare is mostly, most often, Shakespeare is often referred to as an Elizabethan playwright. Uh-huh. But most of his plays were written after Elizabeth's ah. death, which was in 1603. And so, actually, he's a Jacobean playwright, oh, rather than Shakespeare, uh, rather than Elizabethan playwright. So he does write quite a lot of them before, but mm. most of them, especially his more well-known ones, mm. come after. So I think how interesting. I think Othello is the first one at the turn of the century. Is Macbeth a Jacobean play? I think it is. I think it's oh, after. Wow. Oh. Uh, but I could be wrong on that. So. We'll look it up. So to sum up. Yeah, this was probably my favourite so far, I think. This yeah. or Wells. This to... is my favourite so far, but mm. it's it's so hard to like put anything up against Orson yeah. Wells or Akira Kurosawa or I like know, right? you know, it's but also this is not Shakespearean language, so mm. it's very different because, you know, yeah. it, it's it's hard to put something that is stuck to Shakespearean language and mm. something that hasn't. Whether or not one mm. is better or not, it's. I'm not saying that. It's just hard to compare. It but is. obviously, all of these films are hard to compare. <laughs> but this is yeah. especially different because it's the first one not in English. It is. It's the first one not in English that didn't use the language. Well, actually, no. Joe Macbeth didn't make much... Well, a couple of phrases got into Joe Macbeth, didn't it? So, yeah, but it was at least in yeah. English. It was at least in English. So <laughs> I was thinking, actually... I mean, to some extent, for a majority of of the audience who are not um, Shakespearean scholars, Macbeth traditionally isn't really in English either. It's in a very old version of English that many find difficult to follow. It, it is, for most people, a matter of performance yes, and yes, of course. the visual uh, depiction and of this, these emotions. And these performances were so wonderful, though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to some extent, we could judge these Macbeth adaptations with the sound off. And see which one sort of stood out to us in that way. And if that were the case, if we were doing that, then I think definitely this one would be ahead so far. Definitely. All right. So let's do let's do plugs. Where can people hear about Katie and all of her opinions on stuff? People can find me um, on my blog, katiewritesabout.com. They can find me on my other podcast, Have You Ever Heard Of, which is a history podcast. Yeah. And they can follow me on Twitter at katiewritesabout. Uh, Absolutely. Where can they find you apart from in your house? <laughs> 
in my house where I have been for a long time. But you can also stay exactly where you are because you're on Screen Mayhem right now and you can go and find some of my uh, film reviews. I will be writing some more soon, I promise. It won't just be Sonic the Hedgehog in the uh, top of the feed for the next two months until the theatres open again. Yep, you can find my reviews there. I appear on a couple of other podcasts on Screen Mayhem, which you can have a listen to. And of course, I'm co-host of One Good Thing Podcast, which you can find by typing OGT Pod into almost anything. Awesome. Your cat, your cat, your calculator, I'll come Yeah, out. type it anywhere. <laughs> now, next up for us is Tricky. Chronologically, the next Macbeth adaptation is the Hallmark Hall of Fame remake of the production that we covered in episode two. Right. But they did it on location in England and Scotland, all with an all English supporting cast. But it's Maurice Evans and Judith Anderson again as um, Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. And it's the same director. Mm, so maybe we should skip that one. Maybe, but it was also the most expensive television show of all time at that point. Wow, that's It was made for 1.2 million. So what I'm, think- what I'm wondering is, if you're up for it, we could maybe make next week a double bill because the one after that is meant to be the first UK production of Macbeth starring Eric Porter and Janet Sussman, but that was also a made-for-TV special. So maybe we could... Have a ma- made-for-TV um, episode. Yeah, and then after that... Polanski. <gasps> but until then, away and mock the time with fairest show. False face must hide what the false heart doth know. Bye. Bye.